This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. And it's truly a pleasure to have conversations with leaders from all walks of life all over the world who help us win big. And winning big is important because winning is fun, but winning big puts us on the path to sustain long-term wins. And in that spirit, today, it's truly a pleasure to invite my VIP guest, Vance Morris. Vance Morris is a former leader at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. These days, he focuses on showing companies how to increase profits, retain clients, and engage employees by adapting the strategies he has learned in his 10 years at Disney. His clients include Legal Seafoods, Tyson, NASA, the Smithsonian. Vance is an international speaker and author who now leads the Deliver Services Now Institute, a consulting and coaching business. What impressed me about Vance, of course, is the Disney experience, but more importantly, when he is focusing about retaining clients, he also at the same time talks about engaging employees. And that was a very unique skill. Vance, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. Thanks, Arun. I appreciate it. This is going to be fun. Oh, absolutely. So as we start, one of the biggest things that I want to start at the very beginning is with the Disney background, what were some of the biggest learnings that you got from Disney and how did you tweak it to Beyond Disney? Sure. One of the biggest was attention to detail. Disney is fanatical about overmanaging every detail in the organization. When I first got there, one of the things that Disney does is they create experiences out of everything. And I was on the opening team of the Yacht and Beach Club resorts, and they wanted to have live fish swimming with the guests in this beautiful five-acre sand bottom pool. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep the level of the chemicals where they wouldn't kill the fish and it wasn't harmful to humans. So every morning, you know, we had to continue. We came in and we plucked the dead fish out. Didn't matter whether you were a general manager or a custodian, a food server, didn't matter. That's what you took care of. And looking at all of the things that Disney does is really about that attention to detail. I was there a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I was literally watching the horticulture people trimming the bushes, something as simple and easy as that. And there was a supervisor behind the person who was doing the trimming, making sure that the trimmings were going correctly. One of the other big things that I learned at Disney, again, is creating that experience out of the mundane. And that's one of the big things that I show other businesses. It doesn't matter whether you're medical practice, attorney, plumber, carpet cleaner, taking the mundane things that you do in your business every single day and turn those into an experience. Uh, Something as mundane as answering the telephone. We all have to do it. I mean, unless we have an online business but we still have to answer the phone in order for the business to run. Most companies will answer it somewhere along the lines of, thank you for calling ABC distributors. How may I help you? Mm -hmm. 
not a very big differentiator in the marketplace, certainly not an exciting way to answer the phone, and certainly not memorable. So I work with clients. I'm like, okay, let's take something as mundane as answering the telephone, and how do we create an experience out of that? And I worked with a bunch of uh, insurance companies, and there was this one insurance agent who absolutely loved rock and roll. I mean, he had posters on the walls. He had gold records, guitars, you name it, everything. And he had his team, instead of answering it in that, you know, thank you for calling Dave's Allstate, which every insurance agency in the country probably answers their phone that way. He has his team answer the phone. Thank you for calling Dave's Allstate, the agency that rocks. So answering it that way does a couple of things. One, it separates them from every other insurance agent out there. If you remember, our, you know, your marketing is designed to do one of two things. It's either supposed to attract the people you want to do business with or repel the people that you don't want. Just by answering the phone this way, you've killed so many birds with one stone. You now separate yourself from the competition. Now people that are like, oh, yeah, he sounds like an interesting guy. I'll have a conversation with him. Or, oh, who's this guy? I don't think I want to talk to him. So without wasting time and money and resources, he sifted and sorted through all of his prospects and clients just by the way he answers the phone. To me, I think this example of answering the phone and how you're showcasing is making something special and brand differentiate or mundane is taking me back to one of the earliest jobs I had was for a company called Executive Excellence. And I cannot say the word executive properly. And those days that I would say executive, people thought we killed people. <laughs> and then there was this person, Rod Fudge, amazing human being I met. Rod had a ritual for answering the phone. Every time the phone rang, he would put his hand on the phone on the first ring. Then he would make a gargling sound, something like that to clear his throat. And he would pick up on the third ring and would say, Rod Fudge, Fudge, just like in candy, yummy. <laughs> That's like, if you look at that to be the first moment of a date, even after nearly 25 years, I have not forgotten Rod Fudge because of the way he answered the phone. And of course, after that amazing human being. So I really love what you're talking about is making, taking the details and making the mundane memorable. Some of the readings that I did where I looked at you talk about, and you use this phrase that everything speaks. Can you elaborate a little bit and give a few examples? What do you mean by everything speaks? Sure. In Disney's language, everything speaks is talking about the environment that we are in. So they have things that they paint and clean every single night of the week because those objects, those buildings, those fountains, trash cans, whatever, they all say something about that organization. So I'll give you an example in the real world because Disney's kind of make-believe world. So let's bring it to the real world. Let's say you're in a doctor's office and you are waiting to go in and see the doctor and you're sitting in one of those chairs that looks like it probably hasn't been cleaned in a little while. And then you glance over and all of the magazines are wrinkled and old. Then you turn your head just a little bit more and you look at the big potted fern plant that's sitting there and it's covered in dust. Now, remember, you're at the doctor's office. 
Do you really think that he's sterilizing his instruments if he can't keep his waiting room clean? So this is that everything, that fern plant is speaking volumes about how he runs his business. Online businesses, the same thing. When was the last time, I ask my clients this all the time, when was the last time you went through your entire sales process on your website from the point of view as a customer? Because there are hiccups and burps and little roadblocks that always pop up and you got to figure out where those are because you don't want those to prevent the sale. If your everything speaks is detracting from the experience, that's the only thing details do. Details either enhance the experience or they detract from it. There's no middle ground, none at all. So you're either making a great experience or you've done something that is going to reduce it. Now, is a dusty plant detrimental to the experience? Eh, maybe not. But if you add up the dirty chairs, the dusty plant, the wrinkled magazines, the sour Sally who's answering the phones at the front desk, all of these things put together kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth and that will definitely affect your client or patient retention. And, you know, I like what you said about creating the doubt in people's mind, because the moment I start asking what else is urgent, taking a shortcut on, all of a sudden my mind goes into a much more defensive mindset. And I'll just bring an example. I was working for a restaurant chain. Those days was called Boston Chicken, which over time became Boston Market. And we had a very simple mission was we want to help moms with mom's cooking. We got eight moms to visit a restaurant and we just made it free for them to do whatever they want, walk around and give us feedback. One of the first things nearly every mom did was put their hand on top of areas that we couldn't see to just rinse. They put their hand there, brought it down to see there was dust. And then they explained to me by saying, in mom's kitchen, everything is as neat as it can be. If you have dust in places you cannot see, that means, as you said, and once you fall into the trap of what else, and I really think the same way there's a positive halo too. So as you're talking about all this, what fascinates the heck out of me is you're speaking from the heart. Like you live customer service. You are passionate about customer service. So how did you get into this field? Got you into customer service and find this passion? Well, I think every business is, unless you don't talk to anybody all day long and you work in a hole, every business is about working with people. And mm-hmm. I've done it my entire life. I started at Disney where I really learned the finer points of providing those guest experiences. And then I carried that through my entire career. I've really come to realize that I was used to say service in the U.S., but service around the world has really, really bottomed out. The bar is set very low, and anybody who does anything just a little bit above is going to look like a superhero in their world. I've made it my personal mission to find those small businesses because I'm not going to work with Coca-Cola or Walmart or any of these big guys because it's like turning a battleship. It doesn't turn quickly. But for small businesses, Main Street USA businesses to compete with some of those larger ones, they have to have the level of service and they have to have that experience for their clients and for their customers. 
one of the things that I try to impart on everybody I talk to, everybody I work with, this is the question that you want your clients or prospects or patients to go back into the world and ask everybody they run into. And that question is, oh my God, you will never guess what happened at the dentist today. When was the last time you went home and sat down at dinner and talked about the experience of your oil change? Mm -hmm. Probably a conversation that's not happening. However, if something incredible happened at the place where you get your oil change, all of a sudden, you know, the guy comes out, he's wearing a tuxedo tie like they did back in the 1950s. He's got gloves on so he doesn't get fingerprints on your door. He opens your door for you and says, hi, welcome to Dave's oil change place. How may I serve you today? Oh, well, I'm here for an oil change. Okay, great. Well, we'll take your car in. Uh, please watch your step when you get out. They put the protective things on the seats. They put the protective things on the floors. They still wear the gloves so they don't get fingerprints and grease on your steering wheel. They bring the car in and then army of swarming ants get all over the car and they're cleaning this and they're checking that. And at the end of it, you're like, holy cow, what just happened? <laughs> and you'll go out and you'll say, you never guess what happened at the oil change today. It was amazing. That is the reaction that you want from everybody who deals with your business. And if you connect it back to the mundane, I really feel this is something huge. And of course, right now I have to share with you something personal. My wife, myself, we are in the process of moving from Denver to Houston. And guess, Vance, what happened with the movers yesterday? <laughs> Either they got lost or they broke something or they didn't show up on time. There could be something good too. <laughs> Suleiman, he called me night before and told me he will be there on Friday last week at 7 a.m. He called me at 6.30 and I'm thinking this is the dreaded call. He said, sir, is it okay? And I'm thinking, no, 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 it's not okay. He said, if we show up 10 minutes early because we could be there at 6.50. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Based on whatever the contract, I have to pay them cash ahead. I'm like, uh, you know, not a good idea, but still I'm done. And at the end of seven hours, he and his business partner kept bugging my wife and myself, what else can we do for you? So when we leave, you guys are better set. He won't stop. And what I learned is sometimes you ask a question where I could ask, what else can I do for you? And he said, no, no, Arjun, that's fine. No, he wanted to ask the question away saying yes was so easy. Right. He walked with my wife to make sure every appliance or anything electrical was functioning. He took pictures of anything that was damaged and helped us file the claims right there and documented for us. Next morning, sent us a text by saying how fortunate he was to help my wife and myself in our journey forward. And none of those extras cost us anything. No, they don't. And think the moment I asked you, you and I, if you started the story, I also would have said all these are like there are some movies, you know, are comedies, some are tragedy. This was a moving story is meant to be a tragedy. It's supposed to be everything bad. But Suleiman, I love the way he spells his name is S-O-U-L and I -U. he had me at soul. This is a man with a soul to provide great customer service. They right. even took every piece of trash or boxes that was already opened with them. And I just feel we were fortunate to have somebody like us, this guy, start our journey in a new home. I love that. What did, Guess what happened at the dentist or the oil chain mm -hmm. or the oil moving. I love that. We have a fascinating title of a book written by Vance. I love yeah, that. your story is because you think of that particular industry 
I immediately went negative and you came out with a fantastically positive story. And everything that you talked about, and I think you mentioned this, it didn't cost that owner a penny to do any of the things that he had to do. So providing an experience doesn't have to cost money. It just has to be the experience. <laughs> and also what is fascinating is when I started breaking him down was one, he took the time to focus on feeling that this couple who has moved and who's so tired needs help. Secondly, he was mentally ready to follow through on anything we asked. And third, he asked the question, as I mentioned earlier, which made it yes. How many times you, your family, you guys are at a restaurant? The manager stops by and asks you, is there anything I can do for you? Is everything okay? The manager doesn't even do a hard stop for you. This guy is just like a bee moving forward and your default is, eh, fine, everything. Like if the person really cared and I just had this incredible manager at a restaurant who came and just stood and parked himself and he wouldn't leave till I said, no, I'm here to do one thing for you. What's the one thing I can do? And he would leave. And those are memorable stories. Let's look at but let's look at the flip side. We being human beings and human beings, you know, we slip. What's your advice to brands on how to take service recovery to make this an opportunity instead of a big mistake? Oh, sure. I do an entire course on profitable service recovery. Because a lot of times when you react and fix an issue, mm -hmm. there is actually a better feeling between you and the customer than if no problem had ever occurred. This is really your time to show the world what you're made of. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I like to use, and actually Disney uses the acronym LAST, L-A-S-T. So the mm -hmm. first thing you want to do is listen. We have two ears and one mouth. So often business owners or managers want to solve the problem without actually listening to or hearing what the client or the customer is saying. After you've listened and you've understood the problem, then you apologize. That's the A. Now, even if it's not your fault, you're still apologizing, saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you experienced this. So it could be something as simple as that, or maybe it was something that, oh, I'm so sorry that we burned your steak. Let me get, uh, get a new one for you. Mm -hmm. The S is for solve. Solve the dang problem. Everybody that I work with understands that if they get a guest complaint or a guest problem, they own it until the end, mm -hmm. completely until the end. So it doesn't matter what position you're in. If you get the problem, you own it until the client is happy. S is solved. So whatever you got to do. I mean, if it's a burnt steak, fine, great. Go cook me a new steak and bring it out to me. Did you scratch my car when you were mowing my yard? Good gracious, I'm so sorry. Here's the number for my auto body dealer. Let's get that buffed out and fixed. Owning up to the mistakes, because anytime that you try to hide something that you've done bad, it only comes back 10 times worse because now you client feels that you're deceiving them. The last letter is T, which is for thank. Thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Now I can coach the employee on better service. Now I can, oops, fix the checkout page on my website. Oops, maybe we need to adjust the windows in the shop to make sure that the sun's not blazing through at sunset. Thanking somebody for doing that. 
So L-A-S-T, listen, apologize, solve, and thank, I think is a great way to do it. Time is of the essence when there's a problem. Problems as they grow in time are like wounds. They fester. You get a simple cut on your hand. If you take care of it immediately, put a little neosporin on there and a Band-Aid, poof, you're done. No problem. But if you leave it alone, you rub some dirt in it, give it a week and you keep scratching at it. Now it becomes infected. And sooner or later you get gangrene. And then all of a sudden, whack, the doctor's got to lop your arm off because you didn't take care of the cut. Problems are the same. The longer a problem goes on, the more irritated, agitated, and angry the client or customer becomes. And it's just because of time. They have time to sit there and think about it, stew over it. They just get all consumed with it. If you can solve your problems immediately, one of the things I'd like to do, and here's a solution for your listeners. I don't want to just give a whole bunch of information and not have solutions for them, but do you empower your team to solve certain problems? Do you give them, uh, here's a handful of $5 Starbucks gift cards. If somebody comes in to the office and if I'm running, you know, five or 10 minutes late, please offer Mrs. Smith a coffee on us as a way to apologize for us being late. So now the line level employee has solved the issue before it had a chance to fester. Does that make sense? I love that. I love the fact of empowering them to proactively give something the moment the problem is happening. And I'm like thinking mathematically, if there's a graph that we draw, the same problem with every day, it gets worse. You know, and as you were talking about, I was taking it somewhere totally different in my mind. In my first marriage, when we stopped caring, we stopped sharing about the problems. And that's one of the things, like when divorce happened, like, you know, two good people, we intended to be on a common path. Somehow we got lost and we stopped caring and we shared. As I'm listening, I realized when a guest calls us to share about the problem, we need to be grateful because this person could have just vanished. And I love the last LASP and especially the T part is thanking them for taking time and not only help solve this problem, but in the bigger picture of looking at. I love also what you talked about, the solutions. Of course, you're quantified. Is there anything that you share with your clients that shows in a bigger picture the financial impact of customer service as a company? Are there any uh -huh. rules that you share? Yeah. Let's just take Google ratings, Google stars. For every increase in a half a star is somewhere in the lines of between 15 and 18% increase in profitability. And that's research done, hard numbers. So those kinds of things definitely are out there. The one thing about providing that great service and the financial aspect is how you retain your customers and clients. The most expensive thing you can do is buy a new client. I mean, that's other than your rent or maybe your payroll, the most expensive thing is attracting new clients. So why would you want to continue to, everybody thinks they just need new clients, new clients, new clients. No, you need to be providing an experience so that your clients want to stay with you and you retain the existing ones because it is far cheaper to retain a client than it is to get a new one. 
I'll give you an example. And I still own a couple of bricks and mortar businesses here in Maryland. One of them is a carpet cleaning company. It cost me $67 to get one new client in the front door. Well, that's not cheap. That's a lot of money, at least to a carpet cleaner. But it only cost me $14 to retain that client. And so that $14 is a combination of mailings and postcards and phone calls, newsletters, everything that I can possibly do to create iron cage around my clients because, well, I paid for them and I don't want my competitors coming in and stealing them. Talk about a financial measure there. You could reduce your marketing budget considerably because people don't do that. They put all of their marketing money into finding new people. Hmm. Take some of that marketing dollars, if you're not already doing it, and put it on the back end and invest in retaining your clients because they've already bought from you. And once somebody has bought from you once, the barriers to the sale are greatly reduced. They're already used to you. They're already used to giving you money. The new client, not so much. So current clients to me are much more uh, valuable. Their tickets are higher. So the average repeat client, we usually do about $350, $375 worth of service. Mm-hmm. For a new client, it's closer to about $175, $180. Keeping those clients that you've earned so difficultly, keeping them around is massively more profitable than continually trying to find new ones. If I summarize some big nuggets that you shared, number one is I love the profitability increase. For any one of us listening, we must realize if I am right now making $100, as Vance talked about adding an extra $10 or a $20 bill to my profitability is what we would expect. Second, I love the numbers about other than rent, some of the big expenses, the next big thing we are spending money is on acquiring customers. I also loved that a first-time customer spends $175 with Vance's carpet cleaning service, but a repeat client, once they trust Vance and they know money with him is well spent, they spend $375. Friends, let's go all the way. Let's put a little endorsement for your carpet cleaning service, the brand. Because if you are in Maryland, there's a man (laughs) who was Disney trained and changes the world in customer service. Why should you get your carpet cleaned anywhere? And I'm not getting paid for this endorsement. So, (laughs) how can people in Maryland area get the best carpet cleaning service? Sure. Uh, You can go to my, we only serve part the eastern shore of Maryland, but that's uh, chemdryontheshore.com. Be more than happy to take care of you. One of the great things, we didn't really talk a little bit of employees And one of the big subjects that I talk about in my book and in all my trainings is the employee magic and treating your employees well. My guys have all been with me for years. My longest tenured employee is 10 years. In the carpet cleaning world, that is a lifetime plus another 100 years. People just don't do that. How do you get people to stay with you for more than a lifetime? One You got to start with the basics. You've got to pay well above what the industry is paying. Second, you have to find out what motivates each individual employee. Some employees, they're all about the money. Okay, great. That's easy. If it's bonus time, great. They'll get cash. 
Christmas rolls around, great, they'll get money. Some people value time. So I will give a guy, you know, it's Friday afternoon, things are a little bit slow. I'll say, you know what, you did a great job this week. Why don't you take uh, the rest of Friday afternoon off, start your weekend early, and I'll make sure that I pay you for the last few hours. And then also providing a great environment. We talked about the environment for the clients and the patients, also the environment for the employees. If you looked at your break room, say you have a place where your employees go to have lunch, but what does it look like? Would you be proud to show that off? Would that break room be a sales point for a new employee coming to your business? Or would they look at it and run in horror because of the green stuff growing inside the refrigerator? This is not a good environment for employees. But taking care of your employees, I have an equation that for a profitable future. So the first part of the equation is QEE, quality employee experience. That comes first. If you don't have that your employees are not going to provide the next part of the equation, which is a quality guest or quality client experience. Mm-hmm. So you got to start with the employee. Brilliant. Absolutely. Fascinating. So with all your wisdom, if Vance could travel back in time and meet that young man getting ready to graduate from college, that young Vance Norris, Morris, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give the kid? I think one thing I would tell my younger self is have a broader vision of what's going on around you. A lot of times, you know, when you're in a job or in a position or just doing a task, you get that tunnel vision and you just blot out everything around you. Now, there's a time and a place for that. You know, if you've got a project, you got to get it done. Okay. But when you're going through the world, you just, you're out walking the dog. Look, when was the last time you looked around and said, man, that house has got some nice flowers. Or you're walking through your business. Notice what's going on. Is Sally looking happy or unhappy at the front desk? Do your clients look happy in the waiting room? So really getting a broader picture, take the blinders off and really see what's going on all around you really opens up. And I mean, I learned it later in life, but If I had learned that when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I think I would have had a much more rich life because I wouldn't have missed out on some things. So let's say the year is 2030. I am at the world's biggest customer experience service conference, and the lead keynote is my friend, Vance Morris. What else would be happening in Vance's life, Vance's brand in 10, 15 years from now? What are you ready to accomplish the biggest things in life? Well, in that many years, I hope to have elevated at least, at least 5,000 businesses from mediocrity and just being a ho-hum business to ones that are providing an incredible experience and are extremely profitable. Because so many of us are commodities. Every business is a commodity. I mean, a dentist is a dentist is a dentist. They all clean teeth pretty much the same way. What separates each of those dentists from each other? It's the experience that they provide. And my mission is to raise a million businesses up to a level of profitability that is unseen in that industry. And I'm well on my way there. But if I could do it between now and then, I'd say 5,000 businesses have increased the experience they're offering their guests, and they have become as profitable as they want to be. 
And I love, as you have shown me, you start with QEE, quality employee experience. And the simple thing I loved was if I was in the business of carpet cleaning, just watching the break room will make me feel, you know what, I want to come and work here. Because as you mentioned, the beginning of the conversation, two things I want to go back to. One is about mundane. Secondly, what else does Vance do? It doesn't have to be negative. It can be positive too. That will make me feel good about working here and telling everybody, guess what happened in our break room today? Yep. Arjun and me would say, really? Things were broken? No, 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 no. Vance brought in a new refrigerator, which has this cool water dispenser. Will your work do that for you? Yep. Vance, thank you, my friend, for an amazing conversation. And what I loved was... A lot of people, especially in the customer service, customer satisfaction, speak in principles. You spoke from your heart, but you also shared a roadmap to businesses, small and big, to move forward. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope uh, your listeners uh, got a few nuggets. Thank you all for listening. What a fascinating conversation from a man who started from Disney. And I loved the final promise in the next 10 years. I think he was being a little modest about the number. The number will be way more than 5,000 businesses who will be performing, offering customer service at a higher level and be profitable. That is very important. And Vance, all the best. Happy listening to all of you. And very soon, I'll bring you another conversation with another leader from another walk of life. Thank you. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.